in us. Um, Lord, whatever they've got going on, we just pray that you're very present with them. And Lord, we know that you are everywhere and you are in control over everything. And Lord, we know that you are good. Please just be present here this morning. I pray that you would um, just just join in all the, the discussions and Lord, that we would learn more about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, good morning. Officially, we're past Thanksgiving. Everybody probably ate a little bit too much. Um, my family, uh, when we talk about giving thanks, we like to say thank you for health, right? And um, that's one of the things that we take for granted a lot. And then my three kids proceeded to all get very sick that night, right? So that was, that was wonderful. And um, then the next day, at near the end of the day, my wife proceeded to get sick. So we had, we had Thanksgiving um, isolation, right? So we had, to, we had to isolate a little bit because that's what you try to do. So, um, but I managed to avoid it somehow. I was in the mix of it, but so far so good. So I was, I was thankful. But there is something about being sick that increases your prayer life, right? I mean, it's when you're laying on the floor and you can't find a comfortable position and you say, God, take me now, right? So there's, there's something about that. But today, um, we're going to be going through uh, Colossians chapter 4, continuing on in our um, journey through Colossians. If you didn't grab a study sheet, you can grab one of those. Um, there's not a whole lot on it today, but the, me- the passage is on there, and that might be handy as you, as you read through. Um, so, as we've gone through Colossians, here again is the kind of the slides that have been up there, I think just about every week, talks about a little bit where it is from a location standpoint, and then our goal as we went through this study was to use different Bible study techniques so that we're not just up here talking that it's another micro-sermon before the sermon, that it's something that we're just trying to share how it is that we went about getting to where we got, right? And um, so principles of hermeneutics, study tools, um, if there's any things that you can commonly get tripped up in, and then other study techniques. And so here's the, here's the, the different weeks that we went through. And for those of you that have been here every week or came to week one, you guys could have gotten a binder. There are three hole punches you can put them in. But we have made it through a whole bunch of things. And then Tom Lindsay last week decided to use every technique that we could use. And there was a crossword. So if you missed that, you're going to want to grab that. Um, but that meant that I had so little to do this week because Tom covered it all, right? So, no. T- so today we're going to be looking at Colossians uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And we're actually going to be next week looking at a subset of that as well. Okay, so, but we're going to start with uh, chapter 4, verses 2 through 6. And we're just going to dissect the passage. And then we're going to do just a really small topical search that I did on prayer um, with kind of a specific focus, okay? So that's what we're, we're, we're going off of. Uh, when you do topical searches, you can narrow down on words and do a word search. You can do passages, and that's where that treasury of scripture knowledge that ta- talked about last week comes in. And then we're going to just, we're going to pray, guys. We're going to pray. It's going to be, it's actually going to be different, and I'm, I'm excited about it. So, um, so we're going to start out. We'll just read through this really quick. Further instructions is the heading that comes to this, so somehow they squeeze verse 1 
of chapter 4 into the previous area, and then they start this afterwards, but start a new topic. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us, that God may open a door to us for the world, or for the word, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Okay, so our first exercise, we're going to just jump right into it. We are going to read through Colossians three times. I'll put it back up on the screen or else you guys can grab your Bibles or else it is on your sheet. It's a really short passage. Read through it three times to yourselves and then um, circle up with the people that are around you in a little group and let's go through and see if there's any logical divisions even in that small of a text, okay? So we're just going to take a few minutes, read through it three times, and then we'll come back together.
right. I'll bring us back together. Like I said, it's a pretty short passage. Started to hear some talking. So, when you look at this passage, here again, just looking at five verses, are there any logical divisions that popped out? Now, I, you guys have a study sheet in front of you, and we have some things in there, so I put my take on there, okay? So, I see three things that just automatically separate out for me, and I don't know if you guys came to the same thing. If somebody did, that's great. Um, verse 2 is kind of independent as far as when I read through it. Then you group verses 3 and 4 and group verses 5 and 6. Did anybody have the same thing? Okay, one, thank you. I am not the only one. boy, Matt. <laughs> Did somebody have something different? Was there something else that came up? What, what came out to you? Mine was prayer, and then um, walking in wisdom, and then speaking to others. Okay, prayer, walking in wisdom, and speaking with others. Okay, good. Anything else? Was everybody like hers? <laughs> the walking in wisdom, I really had a lot of trouble with that. Yeah? We'll be talking more about that next week, so that's not a subject for today. No, um, yeah. Walking in wisdom is an eternal struggle, I believe, for, for us. So. so, here again, there's not necessarily a right or wrong to this, but when we go through and we, we look at a passage, we should start to try to organize it. We should start to try to make sense of it, right? That's our goal. We shouldn't just be reading it and absentmindedly letting it pass through. We should be trying to work through what's actually there. So one of the ways you can do that is do divisions. My wife loves to, uh, the way BSF does it, they have their, um, they have to go through and they have to do homiletics every week and that's similar to this, that they go through and they break it up into their divisions and then they have to work through it and that's a, a proven study technique that is pretty effective. So when I went through, I looked at verse two and I said, okay, general prayer. And so the first thing that they say is pray, continue steadfastly in prayer, right? So what does that actually mean? If you're going to go through and say, well, continue steadfastly in prayer, what's your definition of steadfastly, right? What's your definition of, are, are we to always be praying, are we to always be doing it? But the next couple uh, words are very helpful. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. I thought that was really appropriate for the, for the week as well, right? So are we looking for reasons to pray as we're going about our daily life, right? Are we looking for those things that are going on that God is doing around us that give us opportunities to pray? I think so often we're actually looking for the opposite. We're hoping that condemnation comes. We're hoping that punishment comes. We're hoping that something just doesn't happen. But there's reasons to pray. There's things that are always there and, and present for us that we should be praying about. And we should be looking for those things on a regular basis as, as what we're part of we're doing as Christians, right? Um, uh, current events, we, we've talked about, you know, Chick-fil-A stopped supporting the Salvation Army and um, uh, was it Fellowship of Christian Athletes, right? And that's, that's created a lot of drama um, in the news media. And Christians were all like let down. It's like, ah, oh, they gave in. And nobody's happy, right? I don't think anybody's happy about all this. The, the people at Chick-fil-A are like, boy, we may have made a mistake. Can't put that cat back in the bag. 
the people that are uh, in support of those LGBTQ organizations, they're not happy unless you have uh, two hens that have formed a consensual relationship that they're going to carry on with, right? They're not happy unless Chick-fil-A is going to say that they're an advocate for, for that. Um, and meanwhile, the Christians are on the other side and we're saying, ugh, now what? Okay? So what's our response to that? That's a terrible situation for everybody involved, right? Is that an opportunity for us to pray? Right? Is that an opportunity for us to pray for those that are involved with it, that Lord, the Lord will sort that out, um, rather than just being mad about it? Right? If we're upset about something, that's probably a good reason that we should be praying for something. Be watchful for those things to be praying for. Okay? And finally, be thankful. We still do live in a society where God gives us the freedom to get together, to reach out, to do those types of things. Be thankful in prayer. God does provide that general grace to all of us. Each day is a new day. We have opportunities. We can change, right? We can change. And God can change us. Okay? So then verses 3 and 4, we had specific prayers for others, so he's actually asking for, for prayer, right? Pray also for us, that God may open a door for us for the word to declare the mystery. So the focus, I thought, was really good on this, right? So he said, pray for us, but pray for us specifically that we are going to be effective in our ministry, right? So here again, as we're going through this, and you see what he's requesting prayer for. When we ask people to pray for us, eh, pray that, pray that you know, I have a good day. You know, we're working on that with our kids. Pray that we're able to have a good day. Pray that we're able to do um, such and such. Pray that I have a good test. Pray that I do well at, at, at this sporting event, right? Um, it's, all, it's all good. God wants us to get out and do things, but at the same time, are we glorifying God? Pray that I'll glorify God in how I behave. Pray that I'll glorify God in how I interact with other people as I'm crushing the other team when I play sports with them. Pray that I'm graceful, right? So however you want to look at that, the focus on what we're praying for or the need that we're praying for, I thought really stood out on there. And it's, here again, it's such a small bit there, but there's actually a lot in it. And then finally, verses five and six, walk in wisdoms, wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. I thought that was its own one. And we're going to be focusing specifically on that next week. Okay, so I'm going to leave that there. All right, so exercise number two, and this one's going to take a little bit longer, okay? What I'll have you guys do is grab your Bibles, and I want you to look up each of these passages. We're just going to take 10 minutes, so don't spend a, a ton of time on each one, but what does Jesus say about prayer in each one of these is what we're looking for, okay? So look up each of these passages and your groups. Um, you can share, do it as a, as a group activity. Um, split it up and then talk about what Jesus actually says about prayer.
be back in. Okay? All right, so each of these passages, and here again, this, so this was a, a, topical, a topical search, and what I did is I, I, I've tried different things. Uh, you can go on any of the, the Bible search tools, so Blue Letter Bible, Bible Gateway, and you can type in search phrases and things along those lines. You can even Google this stuff, right? You can literally just go in and Google it, and when you think about if, if you were going to encourage a non-Christian um, to look something up, the tool that they're probably most familiar with is literally, I'll just Google that and see what happens, right? And so it's kind of fun to do that to see what actually pops up. Like what are the top ones on the list when you do a search like that, right? And more often than not, they'll actually pull up a, a Bible gateway or a blue letter Bible or something like that link because that's where there's a lot of these versions that are available. So I did that, but I said, what does Jesus say about prayer? Um, and then I also used that tre uh, treasury of scripture knowledge that Tom worked um, through online as well, okay, to, to kind of come down to these four. So when we look at Matthew chapter 9, what does Jesus say about prayer in that passage? Does anybody want to throw it in there? It's a pretty short one. We, we're supposed to pray, Right? So the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send workers out into the harvest. Yeah, Willie? Yeah. It's a good way of looking at it. It's in America, one of our defaults is to throw money at problems, right? So that's, that's what we like to do. It's a comfortable thing to do. We just throw money at things when it's, a, when it's an issue. It'll go away, right? Well, in this particular case, there's people that have to go and do those things, and, and we love to support ministries, and we're good about it. And, and, and God has made America prosperous for a reason. We, we do support a lot of things, but at the same time, there is a harvest to be had, and most of us have a heart of us that's really close by to us that we don't take advantage of, right? So praying that the Lord will send out workers, and sometimes that worker is right here, right? We raise our hands, okay? Okay, how about Mark chapter 9? What do we learn about in that one? Anything stick out? So, yeah, I thought it was really good in that one. It was a, it's a uniquely powerful tool in, in, a, in many cir in circumstances, right? So when an unclean spirit is there and nobody can, they say, we tried to cast it out in your name. We said, in Jesus' name, go, go, go. And Jesus says, the only, this one can only be removed by prayer. Prayer is powerful. There's a power there that we don't even take into account. Um, my wife likes to say that she spent the first uh, several years of our marriage trying to get me to change um, overtly. And she started just praying for me. She read uh, one of those books, The Power of a Praying Wife. And she just started praying for me, and I started changing as a result of that. And it was a lot 
different. She said, no, God was actually changing you, and it, that's what I needed. And it wasn't that I was necessarily doing anything off, anything overly terrible, but it was just little things. It was attitude. It was anger. It was, you know, all these small things that she was asking that I would, uh, or that the Lord would help me with. And she says she's seen a difference. I don't feel any different. But she's nicer to me, and that's a good thing, I suppose, right? So, anyway. Um, but prayer is apparently powerful in that circumstance as well, right? So when we see things that we're in disagreement with or that we don't like, a lot of times the overt approach is less powerful than just praying for them. And the, the neat thing, I think, is that when we do that, God actually changes us too, right? Instead of us being in this antagonistic, hypocritical or um, position, he actually changes our heart. says, oh, maybe I'm just really being awful too, right? So, pretty neat. Okay, Matthew chapter 6. So we flip-flop back. So, uh, we pray at church, obviously. Yeah. Like, and he makes a very blanket statement about not praying to be recognized here. Mm-hmm. It's going in to a quiet place with God mm-hmm. and praying with, with tears. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's great. So when I was in college, uh, one of my mentors, we were getting together for lunch. He says, hey, let's pray for our meal. And um, so I did what I was supposed to do. Bow, folded my hands and bowed my head. I said, what you doing? I'm, I'm getting ready to pray. He's like, well, you know that you don't have to bow your head and close your eyes, right? And I was just like, whoa. It doesn't say that in Scripture that you have to bow your head and close your eyes. What have I been doing? And, and there's a reason that we bow our head and fold our eyes because we're all like little puppies and there's squirrels running around. It's like, oh, you know? We get so easily distracted, and we're not supposed to be distracted when we're praying, right? We're talking to the God of the universe. But it doesn't say that you have to fold your hands. and bow your hands. I know why we tell our kids to fold their hands. It's so they stop playing with the fork while we're praying. That's why we fold, that's why we fold our hands, right? But it's to eliminate distractions. But there's not anything that says, it, it doesn't say, you best be closing your eyes when you're praying. And my kids love that too, right? It's like, her eyes were open while she was praying. How do you know that? <laughs> right? We go through all those things. So, but at the same time, what is our goal? Are we trying to talk to the God of the universe? And if there's something that's distracting us from doing that, we need to be addressing that, right? Do what you can to make sure that you're able to focus on God, right? And what we're trying to talk to God about. But we're not doing it for a show. We're doing it to honor God and to glorify God, okay? All right, finally, Luke. I thought this one was also really good. Is it about the consistent prayer? Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to the parable to basically tell us, like, hey, if this woman is a ruler and get justice to this, to this woman, will God not be more gracious than this woman? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if we care deeply about something, we should be going to God with it, right? We should be praying to God about it. So our heart should be pierced for, for many, many, many things. But the, the core ones, we will be consistent on or we should be consistent on. 
right? So, yeah, that's great. All right, so this next one, there's not going to be a whole lot of discussion when we're done. This is one of the greatest chapters, that, in my opinion, in the Bible, is John chapter 17. It's the high priestly prayer. I want you guys to just read this, because if we went through a, a session on prayer and you didn't read through this, I, I find this is a source of great encouragement. Um, the questions that are under that, uh, we might take a quick look at, but I want to get to prayer. So if you guys just take, I, I know I got 10 minutes on there. I want you guys to just read through that, and then um, we'll probably come back to that. Um, you guys can go about it as, as normal part of your day. So just take uh, five minutes, and we'll get into that.
right. I'll draw us all back. Uh, hopefully you guys all have time to, to get through that. That's, it's not too long, but um, I, John chapter 17 is just, it's so good. When Jesus prays, this is one of the few instances where you actually get to hear the recording of what Jesus actually prays to God. But the way that he does it, praying to God, for God to be glorified, for what God has given him, for their sanctification. And uh, the one that always cuts me is um, verse 20. I do not ask for these only, but also for those that will believe in me through their word. That's us. Jesus is praying for us, right? And that is so profound is to think that the, the God of the universe also was thinking and thanking the Father specifically for the effects that they were going to have and the way that that comes to us, right? So we've been prayed for by Jesus. Um, we were prayed for by Jesus thousands of years ago. His church was prayed for. And how should we do any differently? So um, I don't have anything more on that. I just love that passage. All right, so for the remainder of our time today, this is about prayer, being steadfast in prayer. This is Sunday school. This isn't meant to be a lecture. So what we're going to do is we are just going to pray. Okay, so in your groups, I want you guys to circle up, and we're going to pray. And so um, what I've got up here, and this is, this is real, realistically unlimited, but pray for each person that you're sitting with in your group. I'm going to just come and join a group. So um, pray for our church, our leaders, our fellow believers, and the ministries that our church support. And um, Ben put this in here for me just while I was giving the presentation because I didn't have a full list of the ministry partners that we work with. And um, I think, uh, yeah, Lifeline Children's Services and then uh, Haiti Lifeline maybe is the only other one that maybe isn't up there, but these are ministry services, and if there's more, I just didn't have them, I couldn't find them, you're not limited to praying just for this list. So, group up, and um, when it gets close to uh, 10, I will dismiss us, but we'll already have been well prayed for, so...